North Carolina has an opportunity to open up an early advantage in the ACC regular season race by winning a second straight road game, a second straight quad one game on the road at Clemson on Saturday. But these Tigers are going to be big mad. You are locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Friday, January 5th, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you so much, in particular you everydayers, for joining us to get your first listen or watch and your best Tar Heels content every single day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, I want to invite you to come join us in the Locked on Tar Heels Discord chat where we're hanging out talking Carolina stuff all the time. It's going to be hopping during the game tomorrow against Clemson, an early tip, so make sure you get into the Discord channel and jump in and be ready to chat in the game thread. The link for that is in the show notes, so you can go find it there. Hey, want to get a shout out right off of the top of the show, and here's why. Our guy Braden Mayberry is turning 16 today. That's a big milestone. My man, go get that license today. Do not mess up the driving test. Stop at all the stop signs and obey all the rules of the road. We need a report. Did you get the license? People need to know. Speaking of which, y'all, I had a rough Thursday morning. I had to go to the dentist and get two fillings and straight from there to the DMV myself to get my license renewed. And I had to ask the poor lady as I'm getting my picture taken, look, my mouth is numb. Am I smiling straight? It was a whole thing. Thankfully, everything went well and I made it back home in one piece. But that's like two miserable things, the dentist for fillings and the DMV all in one morning. But we knocked it all out at once. All right, look, coming up on the show today, Carolina needs a new defensive coordinator. We'll talk more about that. Our girl, Alyssa Utspeed, the first triple-double in Carolina women's basketball history. We'll get to that and, of course, a win for the Tar Heels in the process. But first, before we get to all of that, we got to get prepped for this massive ACC matchup, Carolina at Clemson tomorrow. Here's the deal, right out of the gate. This game, I know it's just the third ACC game for Carolina this season, but it has massive ACC regular season championship implications. Right now, it's Carolina and Duke and Clemson as the, the threesome that most people see as the top of the ACC. You'll get some Miami smattered in there, especially after they beat Clemson on uh, Wednesday night. But uh, if Carolina can get this, it is an early advantage in that ACC regular season race. And I don't know about you, I say this all the time. I care infinitely more about regular season championships than I do conference tournament championships. I just love how it shows uh, legitimacy and longevity throughout a season. So this is a big time game in early January. And hear me say this also. This Clemson team is legit. If you've been hanging around with us on the show this season, you know I've been talking about it. I've been saying it over and over and over again. And you might be expecting me to come in here now and say, oh, but Clemson lost on the road at Miami on Wednesday night, so they're not legit anymore. You will not hear me say that. 
you will continue to hear me say, look, let's all be a little bit careful when we say, oh, Clemson couldn't do it at Miami. Clearly, they're not legit. Clearly, they were frauds. Clearly, they were a joke. No, lots of teams go down to South Beach and come out losers. Because let's remember, while Miami has not just rushed out of the gate at the level we thought they would, they were a dynamic offensive team, and they showed that in the second half against Clemson on Wednesday night. So just know that this team is very, very good, and it's going to take an impressive effort from the Tar Heels to win it. But that said, from Clemson losing at Miami and then playing this game against Carolina at home, we're going to learn a lot about the Tigers this weekend. What's also cool is not only is this a matchup of two ACC contenders, but for me, the two ACC player of the year front runners right now, obviously RJ Davis is one of those. And the other is Clemson's PJ Hall, who might actually have a small margin lead in this race right now, depending on who you ask. But right now for me, it's RJ and PJ. And one of those two is going to be your ACC player of the year, unless something wacky happens going forward. So, here, you know, I, I said it off the show, going to Clemson to uh, off the off the top of the show, excuse me, you're heading to Clemson to face a Tiger team that is upset and mad and ticked off right now. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear a lot of people say, oh, man, that's going to make this so tough and it's going to be difficult now because they're going to be all dialed in. No. Don't don't let people say that to you. This Tigers team was going to be dialed in no matter what happened in Miami on Wednesday night. And no matter what happened in Miami on Wednesday night, this Carolina team had to come in ready to absolutely brawl from the tip. We show we saw um that intensity, that fight, that tenacity, that grit on Tuesday night uh, um as Carolina beat Pitt. That's what has to happen again in this one. Ready to match my, uh, not Miami, ready to match Clemson's um, intensity from the jump. And look, I know school will not be back yet for Clemson. That's thankful. They will be for NC State, by the way, on Wednesday. So be ready for that. But it's a Saturday, it's a weekend. The crowd is going to be there. They're going to be ready to go. It's going to be electric, particularly because it's a noon tip, right? Like younger kids can be there. There's going to be energy in the building. And keep in mind, these noon tips are not normal or typical or ideal for teams. Interestingly enough, I was texting um, kind of throughout the week with David Chadwick, who played at Carolina late 60s, early 70s, 68 to 71. And we were kind of talking about this early tip. And one of the things he offered up to me, and I use this with his permission, by the way, he said to me, quote, as a player, I hated noon games. They threw my rhythm off. We all felt that way, and they have to play at noon as well. They meaning Clemson. We are all creatures of habit, pregame meal, take a nap, arrive at the game at the same time. Noon is way far off from normal. We will see. So um, when he says they have to play at noon as well, it's like, yeah, it's weird for Carolina, but it's also weird for Clemson. And one of my thoughts with that is Carolina is already out of their rhythm because they're on the road, just the second road game of the season in terms of a true road game. And so Carolina's rhythm's already off. So why not throw it off a little bit more by just having a game earlier in the day? Now, uh, Dave added this as we were talking some more. He said, quote, one thought, I didn't play when AAU was so rampant. My son did, and he played games at all different times, from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., sometimes twice daily. So guys today have different experiences. Still, in college, most games, as we know, are 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock p.m. for four-plus months, right? And so... 
what Dave's saying there is, look, the guys are used to playing at all sorts of different times of the day now, but as they get into college, they're used to these pretty typical 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. tips uh, throughout the course of the season. So there is an adjustment here. So the team that adjusts more quickly and more capably is going to have a leg up in this game. So the Tar Heels, be ready to go, be regimented, uh, be dialed in tonight, Friday, get that rest and be ready to go. Now, all of that said, how do you go into that road environment and do the work again against what, what is going to be an upset Tigers team? I say use that to their disadvantage. Make, you know, if, if they're coming in with too much energy, cool. Let them get it all out and then you just respond. But you don't want to miss your first 10 shots like you did against Pitt. You don't want to get down 6-0 and not score for the first six plus minutes of the game. Because it's one thing to do that against Pitt and come back. It's a whole other thing to do against Clemson. Their defensive metrics, they're not as strong as Carolina's right now. They're 53rd at Ken Palm. However, prior to giving up 95 to Miami on Wednesday, Clemson hadn't allowed a team to score more than 79 against them all season. No team before Miami had hit 80 against these Clemson Tigers. And it's not just because of scheduling. Look, they had done that to Alabama, who was the number one scoring team in the entire nation. They held them under 80. Yes, that happened. But here's the other thing. Carolina's offensive efficiency has been stellar. Yes, but if you were on the show with us yesterday, Coach Rob and I talked about how Carolina's defense is improving. So, you know, for Carolina's offense and this defense, which are both improving, you want to see that on both sides of the court. Right now, this offense, um, Chris Gallo of Dadgum Box Scores had pointed out uh, that Carolina's offense so far this season has hit over a point per possession in every single game of the season. And just you know, if, if you don't know that metric, basically you want to hit one. If you hit that and above, you're in great territory offensively. That's what the Tar Heels have done, even against Pitt. So Carolina right now, one and zero on the road. I want two and zero. I want a fourth quad one win. I want retribution from them ending the home winning streak a couple of years ago. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be doable. How is Carolina going to go about doing that? I'll tell you all about that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL's regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Their app is really easy to use, and they've got a whole bunch of different ways to bet. Things like same-game parlays. They've got a new Explore tab, which helps you find bets. They've got regular season odds. We were talking about this Carolina-Clemson game being massive for the ACC regular season implications. Well, uh, FanDuel has the ACC regular season odds. Duke at plus 230. Carolina second at plus 260. Clemson and Miami actually nodded at plus 550. Wake Forest off in the distance at plus 900. And Virginia has fallen to the sixth best odds at plus 950. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today and make your first bet a winning layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Before we get into our Four Corners preview, where I tell you four specific things I'm looking for in this game, let me tell you a little bit more about Clemson and what to watch for with them. Again, just as a reminder, this game tips off at noon Eastern on ESPN2. Ken Palm has the line Clemson by one point, favored 80 to 79. There's not a FanDuel line for it yet. All-time series, the record, as you would guess, because of the long-standing Carolina um, home winning streak that lasted up until you know, just a couple of years ago, Carolina leads the all-time series 135 to 23. And that, that um, home streak ended in the 2019-20 season. Carolina is on a two-game winning streak in the series two seasons ago at Clemson. Brady Manick layup, like two seconds left, breaks a tie, heels win 79-77. And then last season, the Tar Heels blitzed Clemson by 20 at home, 91 to 71. As a reminder, Brad Brownell is the coach at Clemson, 15th season. Hard to believe he's been there that long. Third longest tenured in the ACC. Brownell, honestly, he's the poster child for the hot seat, but it feels like because of what Clemson's doing this year, they made the tournament recently, that uh, may, maybe he's got himself out of that. We'll see. The Tigers are uh, 16th right now in the AP poll. Got to imagine they will fall in that poll because of the loss at Miami. Uh, we'll, we'll see, and especially if Carolina is able to take care of business. 11th in the Locked On College basketball poll for this week. As for Ken Palm right now, Clemson is sitting at 24th. They were up at 19 before the loss. And so um, this is going to be a quad one game based on where Clemson falls in the net. They just got to be top 75 and they are easily there. Preseason, they were picked fifth in the ACC media poll. They're they're going to finish higher than that. I'm just telling you right now. And, uh, you know, cold takes exposed if it doesn't happen that way. But everything we're seeing suggests that Clemson will be top three, maybe top four. Results thus far, just two losses. Obviously, the game at Miami earlier this week on Wednesday. And then the other loss is just a two-point loss at Memphis. True road game. And Memphis is playing really, really good basketball right now if you haven't caught up with that. So that's a very, very understandable loss. And so you can see that. Like the next weekend, Memphis obliterated Virginia at home as well. So that that's kind of where it is. Um, in terms of wins, their best true road win was at Alabama. They won that by eight. And uh, outside of that, they got a win on neutral over TCU. And then they beat Pitt, who Carolina beat earlier this week. So not a ton of high-level victories, but that Bama uh, true road win uh, looms large. In terms of who to watch for, it's a lot of similar names two of which are similar because you know them from Clemson. One is similar because you know him from a different color, orange. Uh, the, the first and most important guy to know is P.J. Hall, who we mentioned earlier as he and R.J. is kind of the front runners for ACC Player of the Year right now. P.J., fourth year, I've said it all along, but he, to me, would have been a phenomenal Tar Heel. I wish that Carolina could have landed um, P.J. Hall. This year, 20.2 points a game, second in the ACC behind R.J. right now. 6.5 boards, 2.1 assists, shooting 56.3% from three. So he's a big guy who can step out and knock it down. Um, uh, excuse me, that's just from the field, 56%. 30, <laughs> that's an insane percentage. He's not shooting that. I apologize. He's shooting 37.9% from three, which is still really, 
really good. So you got to honor that shot. Uh, the next guy to know is a, another Clemson player, Chase Hunter, who's in his fifth year, 11.4 points, the third leading scorer on the team, shooting 32% from three, not all that great, but 87% from the free throw line, 2.5 boards and 3.4 assists. And then the other who said I came from a different color of orange is Joe Girard, who transfers in after a great career at Syracuse. He's averaging 15.8 points a game, 3.6 boards, 3.8 assists. So doing a little bit of everything, scoring, distributing, grabbing rebounds, but he is filling it up from three right now. 45.2% on seven attempts a game. That's really, really good from Joe Jordan. So we're going to have to watch for that and shoot 92% from the free throw line, kind of similar to where Cormac Ryan is that in terms of Clemson's usual starters, it's those three guys, along with Ian Shefflin, you probably remember him, and Chauncey Wiggins, who uh, is, is a really good player. I've seen him play a couple times now. Um, Jack Clark also started three games, but he is out injured right now, as, by the way, is Alex Hemingway, who you might remember from last season. Let's also now, so that's a little bit about Clemson. I want to give you our four corners preview so you can be set up and ready to watch certain things that I am watching for as well. The first of which is free throw shooting. I know I sound like a broken record with this thing, but it's because Carolina is doing so phenomenally well at the free throw line. Here's the deal. The Tar Heels and Tigers are numbers four and five in the ACC in terms of free throw percentage. but it's kind of misleading because Carolina is two percentage points better than Clemson, but Carolina is getting to the free throw line an average of 10 more times a game and making an average of eight more free throws a game than is Clemson. So they're close in percentage to the Tar Heels, but miles away in terms of number of free throws made. In fact, Carolina is the only ACC team to average 20 or more made free throws a game. And, and they're third nationally in doing that. So uh, pretty wild stuff with, with where Carolina is at um, third nationally in free throws made per game. And they're also shooting a better percentage than any team ahead of them, which is just Tulane and Denver. And so it's one thing to be great at getting to the free throw line, which Carolina is. They average the 10th most free throws attempted in the nation. But it's another thing to get there and convert at a high rate, which Carolina is also doing 22nd best team in the nation and a better percentage than any of those nine teams who have attempted more than them. So Carolina is doing absolute work from the charity stripe. Now, on the other side of things, Clemson, they shoot well at the free throw line. Again, 75.7%. That's 45th best in the nation, but they don't get there a ton. Only 14.9% of their points come from the free throw line. That's 338th in the nation. So what does that mean for the Tar Heels? Get to the line and make them. On the other side, don't help out Clemson. They hit them at a good rate, but they don't get there a ton. So play without fouling. How do you do that well? How does Carolina get to the free throw line a lot themselves? Establish the post early with Mondo. Let him get to the free throw line where, oh, by the way, he's an 80% shooter this year. And then also attack the rim. That particularly RJ, RJ Davis and Cormac Ryan because they're both 90% and more shooters. So get to the line. Let's establish that in the first half. Number two in our four corners uh, preview for this game is Carolina has to mitigate Clemson's three-point shooting. 
The thing with this is that Clemson is top 15 in the nation right now in um, team three-point field goal percentage. They're shooting 39% from beyond the arc. That's fifth, you know, top 15 in the nation, but sixth best among the power six conference schools. Now, the flip side of that is the Tar Heels. Again, Clemson's making 39%. Carolina's only allowing 31%. So, which way is it going to go on this day? You know, you, you often aren't surprised to see it split down the middle when you have that kind of divergence. But here's how critically important this is. Clemson gets more than a third of their points from beyond the arc. So Carolina has to be dialed in on stopping three-point shooters, particularly Joe Girard and P.J. Hall. Armando's got to um, get out there on him. He cannot let P.J. Hall get out to the free throw line by himself. So because of that capability, I'm curious to see if Carolina switches not only one through four, but maybe one through five to get some more fleet-footed uh, defenders on P.J. Hall when he goes to shoot. All right, we got two more pieces in our four-corner recap we got to get to, plus looking at Carolina's need for a new defensive coordinator and uh, talking about Alyssa Usby and that triple-double that she got on Thursday night. We'll do all of that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Game Time. Hey, one of your New Year's resolutions should be to go check out all the best sporting events and concerts and theater and everything like that around you in the area. And thankfully, there's an app called Game Time, the fast and easy way to help you find great last minute tickets for all of those types of events. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, view from your seat and the best price guarantee. So with all of that, Game Time has exactly what you need. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. And thankfully, Game Time has you covered with deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download their app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Terms apply. Download Game Time today, lowest prices. Last minute tickets guaranteed. All right, let's get to the third and fourth points on our four corners preview for Carolina at Clemson tomorrow at noon. Number three, Carolina needs to maximize their possessions and field goal attempts through having few turnovers. Now here, and I'm not saying this is something Carolina needs to change. They've been doing a good job. I'm saying they need to keep doing this, particularly on the road. It's critical to not shoot yourself in the foot on the road and things line up in this game with both what Carolina does and what, what Clemson does or frankly doesn't do that should help Carolina take good care of the basketball and be able to therefore get a lot of field goal attempts, which more shots means more points. And that friends is how you win basketball games. I don't know if you know that by scoring more than the opponent. I'm just giving you a hard time. So Carolina right now is 13th nationally in overall turnover percentage. That's good. And Clemson, for their part, is last in the ACC in steals per game at 4.8. Carolina is 49th nationally in non-steal turnover percentage. And so what that means is turnovers that like are unforced errors, things you do that aren't steals by the other team. Tariel's being 49th nationally in that is great. And as I said, meanwhile, Clemson is dead last in steals. So you add that together, Carolina doesn't turn it over very much through a fault of their own. Clemson doesn't take it away from you very often. What does that add up to? 
a game in which Carolina should once again be in single-digit turnovers, meaning that they're able to maximize their field goal attempts. And I know other things play into that, like blocks and offensive rebounds and, and, and things of that nature. I'm just saying, from a turnover standpoint, Carolina should be in good shape if they continue to do what they've done and if uh, Clemson continues to do what they have done or, frankly, haven't done. So take care of the ball, few turnovers, forced or unforced, and you'll be in great shape. Number four in our four corners preview of this game. I want to look at personnel for just a minute. You know what you've got in a lot of these people, right? Like RJ Davis has been so wildly consistent. Armando Baycott, while he's not been putting up egregious numbers, has been solid and, and got back to a double-double at Pitt. We, I, I'm looking for another one of those, right? Like while Cormac Ryan hasn't been shooting great this season, he affects the game in so many other ways. Harrison Ingram has scored double digits in every game until at Pitt. And even then he affected the game in a multitude of other ways. So what that means for me is I'm looking for other people to contribute in ways maybe unexpected. Well, the biggest key to that for me is Seth Trimble. And that's the fourth part of our four corners preview. Seth Trimble rising. His impact on the Tar Heels is growing larger and larger. He has played 20 or more minutes in now three straight games. That's the longest such stretch of his career. As you know, because we talked about it earlier this week, also for the first time in his career, back-to-back double-digit scoring games for Seth. That is great because he's known for so much for what? His defense, his individual defense, his team defense, it's great. And so when Seth adds in scoring, double digits in back-to-back games, and oh, by the way, he's making his threes. He's not shooting them at a high volume, only 11, but he's made six of them. What a brilliant and beautiful surprise that's been to go with what you know he already has, athleticism, uh, the ability to slash, the ability to finish at the rim through dunk or whatever it is. So Seth, man, his defense check the confidence it's growing exponentially check the offense it's coming along you know i'm talking about carolina as a team the defense is starting to match the offense for seth the offense is starting to grow up along with the defense so seth trimble rising let's see that again we need that consistency from seth trimble all season long and as a sub point to that who else from the bench is going to make winning plays it's not that they got to score a ton Although we'll we'll take that, but how does Jalen Withers follow up having a really solid game against Pitt where he was doing things within what he needs to do? How does Jalen Washington um, do more of like what he did against Charleston Southern? Just everywhere with that. Those are the kind of things we're looking for. All right, let's move from our basketball preview to looking at some football stuff. We learned, we talked about it in brief on Thursday, but I want to mention it again today that Carolina is moving on from defensive coordinator Gene Chizik after two years back in Chapel Hill for his second stint. Um, you know, there, there's quotes from, from Carolina, um, but the long and short of it is that Mac Brown, after, he and Gene Chizik, after conversations, have decided to part ways. And then also, senior defensive analyst Ted Monacino is going to take over for Tim Cross on the defensive line as their coach. I think that is a great move with all due respect to Tim Cross, who is a phenomenal man by all, you know, uh, by all respects. Uh, I think this is a good move from a football standpoint. And I, I think with with coach Chizik out, it's just something that had to be done at this point. You can't look at the past two years and the way things have fallen off a cliff at the end and say, let's keep doing that. It just, it just couldn't 
happen. And so glad to see that coach Brown says in the, uh, in the, um, Press release from Carolina, quote, a national search will begin immediately to identify and select the program's next defensive coordinator. So we'll be on the watch for that. Um, Looking at this as a whole, I still like, you know, Coach Brown's going to do what Coach Brown's going to do. I wish they hadn't waited till after the bowl game to pull this trigger. I wish they had done it sooner in the coaching carousel cycle so that they could have had, you know, selected from a bigger pool. Now, Maybe Coach Brown already knew what he wanted. Maybe he already had his guy and knew who it was going to be. If so, great. I hope that's the case. But for me, like previously, we had talked about looking for somebody like Tom Allen, who was, you know, gone from Indiana as their head coach, but he's now Penn State's defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. So since he went to Penn State, I don't know that Carolina could have gotten him, but like that's who I wanted for this position. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. So uh, we'll wait to see what's going to happen with the defensive coordinator. But um, until that point, that's kind of where we're at. One other piece of football news is we learned on Thursday that Diego Pounds is entering the transfer portal. um, And that's a big loss for Carolina's offensive line, right? Because we already knew going to lose Spencer Rollin, William Barnes, Corey Gaynor, because their eligibility is out. But you were expecting to have Diego Pounds back along with Willie Lampkin. But now Diego Pounds is out the door. Y'all, this one was a shock to me. I got to be honest. I I expected he, along with Lampkin, to be around and kind of anchor the line ahead of next year. But uh, here we are. And so now Lampkin is the only returning starter on the line. So I have to wait and see. Uh, You know, best of luck to Diego Pounds. I mean, it's just, it's the deal in this day and age. But man, man, I was excited about having him back on the offensive line next year. Quick weekend look ahead. Gymnastics is in action at home tonight and women's basketball plays again up in South Bend at Notre Dame on Sunday at five Eastern. That one's on ESPN Two. Speaking of women's basketball, how about starting off ACC play two and O in a big way on Thursday night, beating up on Syracuse 75 to 51. The story of the night, Alyssa Usby records the First triple-double in Carolina women's basketball history. 16 points, 16 boards, and 10 assists. And she did it before the end of the third quarter. I mean, this is ridiculous. Way to go, Alyssa. Awesome, awesome stuff. Maria Gokding led the way, led all scorers with 22 points on a really efficient 9 of 12 shooting, plus 7 boards. Uh, Lexi Donarski, 14 points herself. Carolina had a nice lead at the end of the first quarter. Syracuse goes on a run to get within two at halftime, but then the Tar Heels absolutely blitz things in the third quarter, 25 to six in the third quarter, and then just kind of coast to a victory throughout the fourth. So great start from the ladies to hold serve at home twice to start things off. And now uh, let's go get a win up at Notre Dame on Sunday. Alyssa, Espy, one more clap for you, madam. Way to freaking go. You love to see it. All right, folks, going to be a big time game tomorrow. I'm planning to go live after the game. Would love to see you join us for that. Uh, let me know if you, if you would like to see more of that. I've just started hearing from folks like, hey, I'd love it if you go live post game after basketball game. So I'm going to try to start doing that some more so we can hang out and discuss games just right after they end when possible. 
So, uh, and if you want to be chatting with us all during the game, again, come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord. The link for that is in the show notes. If there's other stuff you want to talk about, other mailbag questions you want to submit, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. But of course, you can submit mailbag questions in the Discord as well. But maybe you got a video you want to submit, drop it in the email. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on video and audio. It'd mean a lot if you would go rate and review us five stars, please, and great reviews about why you love our show. If you are watching on YouTube, it'd mean a lot if you'd smash the like button. That helps just bring other people in. Seriously, it means so much. All right, folks, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. It's been great to be together this week. Let's get another dub tomorrow, and then we'll talk after that. But until then... Peace.